What's going on and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my partner in crime, Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. We continue with our player recaps, day number three, and we go to the big man, Jonas Valanciunas, the center for your New Orleans Pelicans in his first season with the squad. Had a very good year, Jim, with the team, and um, let's just get on to it with, with Jonas Valanciunas. Of course, we've heard already from Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. But Jonas Valanciunas, a guy that Pelicans acquired in a trade that sent Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe to the Grizzlies. Jonas Valanciunas comes back to New Orleans. And we get when we talk about the start of the season, Jim, and how the Pelicans really struggled based on the injuries. They didn't have Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram missed a good chunk of those games. Really the most, the guy that really held down the fort, even though the team was losing, was Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, I mean, starting with the first win that the Pelicans got this season where he had a big night against Minnesota, I think he had a 20-20 game against them to get them off of the uh, winless record. Um, then he had a bunch of other big games in uh, you know November and December. To me, when you, when you look back at the season, and I think part this is partly because it was so long ago in the scheme of things, it's easy to forget about November and December in a lot of ways because of the team's record. It was something we wanted to forget. But I do think that there is some measure of credit that you have to give to guys like Jonas, as well as Devontae Graham. And, and, you know, even Herb Jones was a prominent part of the rotation in the starting lineup very early in the season. Those guys helped New Orleans at least stay within, you know, five or six games of the play-in race. I think they were able to pick up some wins here and there that if you weren't able to get those, you really would have had an impossible task of ahead of you to try to get back into the top 10 of the West. So I definitely think that Jonas deserves credit for the fact that he was kind of a anchor and somebody that you could rely on. I mean, you could rely on him the whole season, but you really needed him in the first part of the year where, like you said, there were a lot of negative circumstances and adversity that were out of people's control that made the situation pretty daunting in terms of trying to, to pick up wins, especially seemed like they had a very difficult schedule to start the season. And, and if you're in the West, um, I know the conference was down a little bit this year, but you always have that issue of like, okay, if we're not at a hundred percent and we're not playing well, it's going to be really difficult to get wins. So that trade for him was huge all, all year, but especially I think during the part of the year where they really had to use him as kind of a go-to guy. I'm glad he brought up the word reliable. Cause I feel like that's where we're going to got to go with not only on the court, you were, seeing him being consistent with the 50-plus double-doubles. Um, you seem like you can get at least 10 points and 10 rebounds from every night, if not at least a 10 rebounds. Um, but also reliable as far as not missing a ton of games. He'd fight through a lot of injuries. He was banged up a ton based on how physical he was down low and how also some of the times he wasn't getting calls and was just getting harassed down low. This is a guy that... Every time you talk to him in the media, he's like, what do you want me to do, sit out? Like, I, yeah. I'm not one to sit out. Uh, I'm a guy that wants to keep playing. And I, I feel like that was huge for the Pelicans, especially during that tough time. But even more down the line, when you can rely on your your big man who is producing for you, you know, the best ability is availability. And Jonas definitely provided that for the Pelicans this season. Yeah, he led the, the team in starts with 74. He was up near the top of the list in games played with the 74 that he got in. Um, just... I think his his rebounding, I mean, this was one of the best rebounding teams in the league this year. He was very consistent with that. Like, you always could count on him to have um, double digits. I know Valley Sports host Aaron Hardigan, who's the the foremost Valanchunas double-double fan, mm -hmm. oh, 
was keeping a running tally throughout the entire season. And I think that stat definitely is one of the best indicators to reflect um, what the Pelicans could count on him to do. I mean, there was only a couple guys in the entire league that had more double-doubles than he did. So um, just a, just somebody that you knew every night. I mean, when the team was at full strength, it wasn't like you had to or you were trying to run the offense through him as much as you had been er- earlier in the season. But he's he's a guy that doesn't need a million touches either. So I, I think even on some of the nights where, you know, you had Ingram, you had McCollum, he still would be productive because he could score in other ways where, you know, he, it wasn't like you had to post him up. He'd still get some putbacks. He'd get some opportunistic stuff. Um, and just just using his his size and his touch, I think his skill, his skill in his hands is one of the things that impressed me the most. Obviously, we've watched him a ton throughout his career, and when he was in Memphis, we saw him play against the Pelicans quite a bit. But um, getting to watch him play every single game, I think there were – a lot of aspects of of his ability that really stood out to me, and I think that was the biggest one. Is just he's just one of those you know um, big guys that you can tell came from a country where even the centers and the the bigger kids they put them in skills drills and they have them practicing their ball handling and their passing and their shooting. I mean, he's got the whole package as far as a, a, a seven foot guy that can just dominate. Can we talk about the guy with maybe the slowest pump fake? of all time or shot fake of all time somehow (laughs) still was able to have some guys fall for it where it looked like every time I remember going to opposing uh, arenas and every time they'd yell travel because they think he would lift his feet up and still go but he's managed to keep his tippy toes on the ground and still some people will fall for you know Kyle Anderson it's called slow-mo but that shot fake is one of the slowest things I've ever seen, but yet it was effective some of the time. Yeah. It just reminded me it had been a while since I thought about that, but earlier in the season, maybe a couple months into the season, I tweeted a picture of him with his, his pump fake at the very top of it. And I said something like, did he shoot this or not? And just wanted to hear what people responded. I didn't even know the answer to the question, but I thought it would be funny because like you said, he had this very methodical thing and, um, very unique. I'm not sure if I could compare it to anyone else that I've seen, but the fact that he uh, did become a three-point threat as well made people actually buy it. And you know, it wasn't like defenders would just would just say, "Ah, go ahead, f- take that shot." So I think that made him even more effective. The fact that he showed that he can make a jumper, not even just three pointers, but also some of the mid-range and some of the deep twos that he made over the course of the season. Something that you mentioned in your article that I thought was a very good point when we talked about C.J. McCollum wanting to be here and wanting to have a future with the Pelicans, um, that was kind of that was a very big deal. But I think Jonas kind of set that tone a lot earlier than a lot of people expected. What was it? The first week of the season? Yeah. He signs his extension for two more years, and it was simple when asked about it. Talked about, I just like how everything feels around here. I like the coaching staff. I like the culture set around here. And, you know, it's probably nice to know that you are somewhere locked in for three years or two more mm-hmm. years after this season. So we know that's a part of the equation, but necessarily if it's something that you don't want to be around, you wouldn't lock in so quickly. So I thought the extension um, was a huge deal for Jonas uh, at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. And I first want to say, I appreciate you reading my article. I, I, I'm like impressed. I have a choice. <laughs> I'm impressed with that that part of it. That's outstanding. Um, but are you impressed that I can read, or the fact that I read your article? <laughs> uh, Don't answer that. I'm, I'm going to take the fifth on that okay, one. Okay. Um, 
but but no, I I think he signed it even maybe right before opening night. Yeah. Then he comes out and has a rough night against the Sixers, um, but then he immediately showed that that was a aberration, a fluke of a of a night where he just couldn't make a shot like uh, right in the even right to, on the doorstep in the paint. But but yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about this as well, which I'm sure you also remember from your your um reading. Um, sure. That he <laughs> that he um. He his his decision was proven to be correct over the course of the season. I mean, initially, you might think you might be skeptical when he says like he saw a bright future here, but over the course of the in season, and this is obviously without even Zion getting to play a game this year, it was proven that that decision made sense. That you know this team has a lot of young talent, and there's a lot of reason why he's a, a really good fit here with the guys that they have around him, and that was even before you added C.J. McCollum. So. Things are looking very good for his his decision to uh, want to be here long term. Now let's go to the Twitter poll again. You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. Um, he has a t- poll question for each player. So Jim, let's roll over the question and, and talk about uh, what some of the what some of the fans said about Jonas. Sure. The poll question was: What do you think was the most important aspect of his season? Forty-two percent of voters chose his durability, which we already touched on. Um, second in the poll, not far behind was his rebounding, which was 36%. His efficiency, which was set was 17%. Um, obviously he shot a really good percentage from the field and he's also a good free throw shooter as well. So those are great. And then lastly was his scoring got 5% of the vote. Um, I think people understand, you know, he's the, he's the third guy and his offense is important, but maybe in comparison to some of the other things, not as much, um, couple of the responses that came in there was one from uh at valentunas brothers oh. so i don't know if he has any siblings or i guess it's never really come up but is it like the Jokic brothers who are very intimidating <laughs> I, I believe that this that may have been what this twitter account modeled itself after but i'm not sure um they uh tweeted his consistent availability production and effort were the things that they uh most appreciated and were the most Which important I would agree with and then last one is from 504 underscore Brian, who j- simply just put his toughness. And I think we can understand that. I mean, he's a intimidating dude. He got he gets hit hard. And a lot of times when he goes up for a shot, he's getting knocked down. It's not easy to knock him down with how big he is. But he always um, was pretty resilient and, get, you know, took a lot of bumps and bruises, as I'm sure Unfortunately, is the case for a lot of guys who are his size in the in the league, the amount of contact that's allowed in the paint and around the basket. But like we said, he played 74 games and was always back on the floor. You left one major important part out of your poll question that people didn't get to answer. Uh Oh, his hair product. Oh, yeah. How that hair was kept so well when he was fighting down low and getting harassed by defend by defenders and that hair stayed perfectly straight. I mean, I was certainly jealous of what he was able to accomplish there. <laughs> As was I in the, maybe you could say maybe five Oh four Brian, when he put his toughness, he was also referring to the toughness so. of his hair. So yeah. it's, it's, that's a possibility. We'll have to find that out from five Oh four Brian. All right. So again, Jonas Valanciunas is a huge part of this Pelican success this season. Fun talking about, Jonas, and of course, you can read the article on pelicans.com in the mobile app. Also, Aaron Summers has a video recap for you as well. Up next, probably one I was looking forward to the most. That's no disrespect to anyone else. 
but the season that Herb Jones had, tomorrow's podcast is going to be a fun one talking about what Herb was able to accomplish in his first year in the NBA. So we'll have Herb Jones for tomorrow, and then Jackson Hayes will round out our first week of player recaps on Friday. For Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.